1: It is time for the bit with Beth, and we are going to get into all the various insanity about this, but I was just pitching you my Kevin James talk, yes. which he's a fat person for skinny people. That's the only kind of fat person he knows how to play, and it is derivative, and it is enraging.
0: I feel like I need to know more about what that means, and you can tell me more if you would like.
1: So I think the problem is any analogy that I have is probably picking something like a like a like a way of life or a, a disability that people might better understand. Oh no no no. Okay, it is the difference between Jim Parsons playing young Sheldon uh-huh. and Freddie Highmore playing young uh, playing uh, somebody with Asperger's or autism. Freddie Highmore plays it ex- on the young doctor. Plays. Yeah. It's a very real performance. It's a very human performance of somebody with Asperger's. Right. Sheldon, it's a joke. It's a throwaway line.
0: I gotcha.
1: That to me is Kevin James. Yes. It is it is a much less in a, a much more disheartening version of what Chris Farley did. But at least Chris Farley was knocked down, drag out, funny.
0: So it's like a stereotype. Yes. A not a not well
1: well thought out stereotype. It's winking to the wrong side. Oh, I get it. If you wink to fat people like, yeah, these skinnies don't get it, it's funny. If you wink to skinny people saying these fatties don't get it, not funny to me.
0: Uh, Okay. Yeah. Now I understand. Now I understand. And then
1: the reason why we're talking about this, (laughs) I don't just randomly bring people on like, here, let me talk crap about Kevin James to you. You then, we're talking about this off air. We were not going to bring it on air. You then brought to light maybe the greatest thing that could ever be brought to light after I share my (laughs) Kevin James take, which was...
0: I actually interviewed to be Kevin James' personal assistant.
1: Did you interview with Kevin James?
0: I did not. Mm. I interviewed with his current personal assistant, but it was down to two people, me and another guy. When when was this? Uh, Let's see. This would have been uh, in the year 2000.
1: Oh, so it was (laughs) like when he started to take off?
0: Yeah. So it was before Hitch, but right at the beginning of the popularity of The King of Queens.
1: We couldn't be friends. If you had, if you had worked for him during popularity of, Queen of uh, King of Queens, you would hate me because all I would do would be like, your boss still a jackass? Your boss still not very talented? I may have hated
0: him. I don't That's know. True. I don't know.
1: You <laughs> might have the same take that I have now if you had only worked with Kevin James 20 years ago.
0: I might have been like, he thought he was funny, but he kept winking at me.
1: It was so <laughs> weird. He's winking to the wrong side. Uh, all right. What you got for us?
0: All right. So, you know, I always start with some kind of food story. This one's a new twist on the food story. Have you guys been to a restaurant recently where you were like, oh, yeah, man, I like this uh, I like this playlist. I like what I'm listening to while I'm yeah. eating. Yeah, that's yeah. happened? All right, well, listen to this. A new study out of the University of Oxford says that music is very important to your eating habits. Low-pitched sounds apparently enhance the flavor of bitter food.
1: <laughs> okay. So I should listen to like Perry Como if I uh, if I'm going to eat something bitter.
0: Gonna, it's going to taste more bitter,
1: I All guess. Right, honey, we're making something really bitter for dinner. Put on the Doors. Put on All Old right, Man River. Yeah. Put on really- Get some Andy Williams up in this, B, so I can fully enjoy <laughs> this very, very bitter food.
0: And I guess maybe for this next one, high-pitched sounds do the same thing for sweet food. So I guess you could play, like, Mariah Carey's very first album.
1: So is it just music, though? Or, like, if if it's sweet food, should I put on Roseanne? Barr? Yeah, Roseanne Barr. Like, well, put on maybe. some of her comedy and say, she- I'm like, God, this is the best
0: watermelon I've ever had. Or you might, depends on how you feel about Roseanne Barr, because it might just make you nauseated no matter what you're eating, like sweet or or savory. Or,
1: uh, thinking about Pavlov's dog, maybe it could make you like Roseanne. Think about it. If you hate Roseanne, but her voice helps you enjoy spaghetti, if it's sweet sauce, spaghetti or watermelon or Or chocolate more, cake more. You might end up liking Roseanne Barr. I don't know if that's what you want. I don't know if that's a, You know, my life would be better if I just liked Roseanne Barr.
0: Well, and then beyond that, um, music is really important to the bottom line of restaurants because apparently, and this is according to the Bulletin of Psychonomic Society, those researchers found that diners actually increased their bites per minute when exposed to fast tempo music while they were eating.
1: I'm calling absolute BS on this. Are you serious? I, no, I'm calling on that fact. There's like three nerds or like a computer program watching people eat. That That's darkest timeline stuff. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, the table two had seven bytes per minute there, and table four only had. But when we put on Led Zeppelin, uh, it had eight bytes per minute. <laughs> Either change your career, or we need to we need to change lanes here as humanity. I don't know who I should blame or how, but this is this is not okay.
0: Well, there's apparently. Listen to this. There is science behind this because, according again, these are the the, the psychologists here say that. Fast, loud music actually triggers your flight or fight response, and that sense of urgency makes you speed through your meals, which increases table turnover, which is increasing the bottom
1: line of the restaurant. I just want to walk into Riccio's in two weeks. This classy, beautiful, elegant, you know, dimly lit uh, Italian restaurant <laughs> and Valentine, and it's just like uh, Pantera just blaring. Like walk. Okay, okay.
0: (laughs) Then you'll eat super fast, and then you'll get out, and they'll make more money.
1: It is the bit with Beth. (laughs) Beth Troutman, WBT, joining us here uh, on the Nick Wilson Show, Sports Radio 92.7 FNZ. What else do you have for us?
0: Okay, so this one I thought would maybe speak to your soul. Nick Wilson, because you are a father.
1: Mm-hmm. That's true. That is a real fact.
0: And you, <laughs> cool. See, that's my fact of the day. You're a dad. um So. What?
1: <laughs> are you angling to uh, replace Maury? <laughs> <laughs> Nick Wilson, you are the father. Exactly. Yeah, I know about it. I've raised him. <laughs>
0: I took a test, and guess what? I found out. No, listen to this. You probably had to do the online schooling thing over the last pandemic year. Did you have to? Did you get into that homeschool oh like I'm God. just so over it moment?
1: Yeah, yeah. I right. did like two days in.
0: Oh, and then it was oh. like
1: a year and a half of that.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was just a lot of awful. Well, there is a lot of awful for a dad in China whose video has gone viral because he spent an entire year training and tutoring his son in the world of mathematics. Mm-hmm. And then his son. After that year of special tutoring that happened every night, mind you, the son scored a six out of one hundred.
1: So I think I think they, I'm going to put this on the dad. What they yeah, should right. have done is you should have taken a test day one. So if the kid got a one and then got a six, you'd feel better a year later. Maybe his tutoring skills just sucked. That's true. <laughs> Why, why is it always the kid's fault when parents fail? So I have a neighbor. I'm going to leave the names out because I love them dearly and I don't want them to hate me. I have a neighbor who during the pandemic, I had to go up and get my daughter. And the father and uh, the, the, the older son were up in the room working on math. And all I heard walking in the door to their house was, you carry the effing two! <laughs> and, and I will tell you, what's was the dad. And he then like walked out of the room disgusted. And he, the first thing he sees is me. And he's like, how much of that did you hear? <laughs> and I'm like, that was me two hours ago with reading with, uh, at the time, six-year-olds. It's okay. There's a no-judgment zone. But every time somebody talks about doing math with their kid, I think of, you carry the effing two!
0: (laughs) So maybe anybody fitting is right about this. This is all on the dad because maybe he was just screaming at his son to carry the
1: two. No, so... What teachers you're the best. I know it's on summer break so more of you might be listening during the show. Teachers, you are the freaking best and I learned it during the pandemic because each of my kids learns and responds a little bit differently. Sure. And by the way, I know my children very well. I'm a very active dad and it took me a while to learn how what would the was what the best approach was with each kid. Yes. By the way, two kids in the same grade in the same class and I had to learn them differently. Oh, so that's hard. You had triple the amount of kids and oh by the way you don't just naturally love them uh nope could not do it canonize saint every single teacher because they friggin deserve it
0: (laughs) you sound like this dad from this story because he ended up just in tears and bawling and that's why the video went viral
1: i might have you know like when you uh they used to say in like the 60s to discourage people from taking acid no you're gonna have flashbacks that essentially is what I had when you talked about pandemic parenting, because I just wanted to curl up into a ball and just cry for a little bit thinking about that. So
0: see, I provide a service. I entertain and keep you from doing acid.
1: What was Kevin James's assistant thinking? Right. I mean, really?
0: Right. I would have been the best assistant for Kevin James.
1: All right. This is why you should have known me 20 years ago, because this segment gets you to be Kevin James's assistant. I'll say it right then. And well, there.
0: I don't really want to do it
1: anymore. Well, no. I'd say 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> you could be the president of Paramount now if you had just known me 20 years ago. All right, we got time right. for your uh, your final factoid.
0: My fun fact. I teased this last week. I'm a woman of my word. I promised you that I would tell you what astronauts tell us that space smells like. Uh huh. Farts. No. Ah. But I'm glad it's not that. It's actually seared steak. You guys. How?
1: Seared I'm intrigued. Steak. Yeah. So how do they know? Because the only way you can smell what space smells like is if you take your helmet off, right?
0: No, so apparently the smell of seared steak just comes into their space suits when they are out on space walks, fixing whatever they have to fix on the International Space Station. And they tell us that it smells like seared steak. So I,
1: I wouldn't last five minutes in in space. You'd eat
0: in the air. Well, yeah, you know, because I'd be smelling
1: it. And I'd be like, I want to smell more of this. You'd, take, <laughs>
0: you'd open your helmet up I, and just I, die.
1: I'd be uh, Tim Robbins in Mission to Mars. I'd just I'd be floating there, looking really surprised, but also very content.
0: And the last thing you smelled though was a delicious steak. I mean, that's a good way to a good way to go.
1: If you gotta go, like. I get it. If you had told me, if you were getting back to the 20 years ago, if you told me 20 years ago, <laughs> you know what, Nick? Uh, if you go to space, if you become an astronaut, you go to space, and then things go horribly wrong, and you have to die by taking your helmet off. Mm-hmm. The last thing you're going to smell mm-hmm. is steak. Mm-hmm. I'd be, I'd be on Mars right now.
0: You know what? If we had start, if we had known each other 20 years ago, I'd be the president of Paramount. You'd be an astronaut. That's
1: true. We'd Probably s- dying in space from, <laughs> from smelling steak. <laughs> Beth, uh, you're the best. I love you. Beth will be rejoining us uh, Thursday at uh, 1040. You can follow her on Twitter at Beth underscore Troutman.